Well, everybody, welcome back for another week of Scriptures Revealed. I am so excited to have you guys join me again this week. Thank you guys so much for just being faithful to the podcast, being faithful to listening, and being faithful to the Word of God and allowing the Word to change and transform your life. Again, I am so, so excited about the Word. I'm excited about all of you, and I am excited about the transformation that you all are going to continue to experience as you allow the word of God to transform your life. Hey, before I jump into today's teaching, don't forget to share this. Don't forget to let me know what you thought about today's podcast. Don't forget to leave your comments and leave your reviews, even on iTunes. Let me know how these are are blessing your life because it is encouraging to me and it allows this podcast to get before other people whose lives need to be changed by the word of God. So thank you for doing that. Uh, You guys are just a great, 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 great group of listeners, and I'm excited to be a part of you all's lives. Also, remember, right now, volume one of my exposition on Ephesians, my new, brand new book, is available now for pre-order at rickywatsonjr.com or unsearchablethebook.com. This is volume one on the unsearchable riches of Christ, and I'm telling you, if you've enjoyed the podcast, you are definitely going to enjoy this book. I've got uh, my teachings that I did on the first chapter of Ephesians in that book. I got some new teachings that are in that book. I got some add-ons in there. Uh, It's just amazing. I'm just so excited about that book because I am firmly convinced that anybody who will read it, who will apply it to their lives, will begin a marvelous and transformational journey into being conformed into the image of Christ. I know it is the answer that a lot of you have been looking for on how to take your relationship with God to the next level. So be sure to go to my website, pre-order your book, get it out there. You want to be, you want to have that to you as soon as it becomes available. So definitely head over there, definitely get that for you. You are going to be blessed. Now, I'm going to jump into today's teaching. Now, I am extremely excited about today uh, because I am going to help everybody listening. Listen to me. I'm going to help all of you find out why you were born or to break it down even more, why you were born again. Everybody has a calling. Everybody has a purpose. Everybody has a destiny. And I'm going to do my best today to help you see it to help you locate it, to help you discover it, and to help you understand it and move into it. Now, I want you to understand that, that the whole purpose, the reason why you exist is that God has made an investment on the inside of you, and he wants a return on his investment. You know, that is what your purpose is. Purpose is God getting a return on his investment in your life. When he breathed life into you, when he brought you to the planet, when he protected you, when he spared you, when he made sure that you didn't lose your mind, or even when the times when you did have a mental breakdown, but now you have your mind back. The reason why God restored you is that God was making investments in you. I know you thought your life could I mean, was just horrible and bad. And why did this have to happen? And why did this have to go this way? And why did I end up in this type of situation? I know you didn't understand any of it, but what I'm telling you is that all of your life, 
life. God has been making investments in you. He's been making investments in you even in your childhood. He's been making investments in you when he put you in the family you were in. He was making investments in you when you went and got the degree that you got. He was making investments in you when you didn't go to college and get the degree that you should have got. Or or maybe you didn't need to go to college at all. Whatever has been going on in your life has been a part of the investment of God. Now, purpose is how do I give God a return on what he has invested on the inside of me? And the Apostle Paul is going to give us those answers in Ephesians chapter 4 today, and I am excited. So, I want you to pay attention. I want you to listen to this podcast probably uh, more than you've listened to some of the other podcasts because I'm telling you, this is going to help you find your calling. It is going to help you find out how to move your life in the direction of giving God a return on his investment. So let's jump right in the word. We're going back into Ephesians chapter four. We covered verses one through six uh, on the past couple of weeks, and we're moving right along. Today, we're going to cover verses seven through 11. Now, I think I'm going to show you something about these verses you may not have heard before, but trust me, I'm going to use scripture to interpret scripture. All right. So I'm not going to lead you astray, but I am going to help you find your calling today. All right. So let's jump in. Chapter four, verse seven. I am reading out of King James today. It says, but unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Pay attention to this. It says, but unto every one of us, who is Paul talking to? Paul has been talking to uh, the church in Ephesus, and he's been telling them about unity in this chapter. He's been telling them, uh, preaching to them the gospel. He's been telling them that it's no longer Jew or Gentile, that now we are one new creation in Christ Jesus. We are one new race, and we have one body and one spirit and one calling and one Lord and one faith and one God and Father. He's been bringing unity into into it now. But now he's going to show how when you bring this body into unity, the members of the body, remember First Corinthians says we are all the body of Christ, but we're members in particular. So Paul is getting ready to go into detail about the members of the body. But watch this. He says, every one of us, who is Paul talking to? Who is the us? You go back over to Ephesians chapter one. And you learn that Paul says that I am an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, but I'm writing this letter to the saints at the church in Ephesus, and I'm writing this letter to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Pay attention to this point because it's going to be important for the rest of your life. If you want to fulfill purpose, if you want to give God a return on his investment, if you want to make sure that your life is in alignment with destiny, You've got to first decide that you're going to be faithful to Jesus, not just faithful to your call, because you will never be faithful to your call unless you are first faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to be faithful to him. You've got because if you're not faithful to him, you will not be faithful to your call. You'll be faithful to the glory of the call. You'll be faithful to the blessings of the call, but you will not be faithful to its trials, to its testings, to its refinements to its persecutions, to its fire. You won't, you won't be faithful to any of that because the reason why you should be faithful to your call is because you are faithful to Jesus. So that even when you are upset about your call, even when you don't want to do your call, even when you don't want to give God a return on his investment, what will anchor your soul is your faithfulness to Jesus. See the problem. This is the problem. 
A lot of people make decisions. It, a lot of people make spiritual decisions without having anchors for the soul. And when you do that, you do not set yourself up for longevity and perseverance and endurance. If you want longevity and you want endurance and you want and you want to persevere in these things, whatever your decision that you're making, you've got to always find our anchor for the soul. For every spiritual decision, you need a soul anchor. All right, say that to you again. For every spiritual decision, you need a soul anchor. So if you're going to make a decision to be born again and to be a Christian, you need something to anchor your soul. And it's got to be something more than you want to stay out of hell. Because if your life starts falling apart and it looks like you're already living in hell on earth, you're not going to have an anchor for your salvation. Your anchor has to be, I fell in love with the Savior. So even when hell is breaking loose around me, because I'm still in love with the Savior, it's going to anchor my mind, it's going to anchor my emotions, it's going to anchor my decision. Right, you get that when you're making a decision to pursue your call, that is a spiritual decision in order for you to anchor that and to have longevity to that and to endure in your calling. You've got to have an anchor for the soul and the anchor for your soul when you're pursuing your calling is being faithful to Jesus that even when I don't want to prophesy anymore even if i don't want to be the lawyer god has called me to be even if i don't want to be the doctor god has called me to be even if i don't want to be the counselor anymore that god has called me to be if i don't want to do that anymore what's going to anchor my mind what's going to anchor my emotions what's going to anchor my decision making uh faculties is going to be but i i have chosen to be faithful to jesus I love him. I'm passionate about him. He came and rescued me when nobody else could help me. He came and healed me when nobody else had a remedy. He did all of this for me. He is my deliverer. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my strong tower. He is my light. He is my bread. He is my water. He is my fire. All of these things. See, when I put my focus back on him, I remind myself, I'm not just being faithful to a call. But I'm being faithful to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right. So that's who he's talking to. And so Paul says in verse seven that unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ to every one of us. Everybody in the body of Christ has been given a measure of grace or has been given grace, which is a measure of the gift of Christ. All right. The gift of Christ. Jesus walked the planet. Let's take it back to the Gospels. When Jesus walked the planet, he was the gift to the world. He was the gift to mankind. Now, when Jesus died, when he was buried, he was raised back up, and he's seated now on the right hand of God. When that happened, Jesus lost a physical body, but he gained a spiritual one. And we are part of the spiritual body of Christ. Now, our job in order now watch this when Jesus went to heaven even though he lost his physical body he needed a body because Jesus did not want to lose access to the world he did not want to lose access to the earth so this is what he said is that you know what even though I'm going to ascend I'm going to create a spiritual body I'm going to give the members of that body a measure of my graces a measure of my gift I'm going to give them a measure of it so that all collectively together, I'm still going to have a body on the earth. 
and with the members particularly, they're going to be demonstrating expressions of who I am in the earth. So no, Jesus isn't walking the streets of Galilee today, but he should be walking the streets of Chicago. He should be walking the streets in Georgia. He should be walking the streets in Michigan. He should be walking every street in America. Why? Because you are a part of the body of Christ and he has given you a particular grace to showcase him in the earth. All right. He's given that to you. Look at verse 8. It says, Wherefore he said, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and he gave gifts unto man. Watch this. The scripture says he led captivity captive. He led the captives away. He has set you free. Watch this. I want another point for you to understand. When it comes to pursuing your calling and your purpose, you cannot do it until you first pursue freedom. You've got to be free from the opinions of man. You've got to be free from the things that are forbidden for you. You've got to learn what are the forbidden things for your life and then make a decision to stay away from those things. You've got to be free. Jesus led captivity captive. He led the captives away. When he got, when he got the captives free, he then gave them gifts. <laughs> the beauty of, of, of the gospel is that everybody that Jesus used used to be a captive. I used to be a captive. I used to, but he led me away from my captivity and he gave a gift to me. Now that word gave there means transfer. It means transfer. So that goes back to the point here that how you find your calling is your calling is that you have been given a measure. What has been transferred to you is a measure of the gift of Christ. So whatever God has called you to be, watch this. Whatever God has called you to be cannot be beyond the expression of Jesus Christ. I don't care what it is. I don't care what it is. Whatever God has called you to be cannot be beyond the expression of Christ because your calling is to express Jesus Christ in the world. Now I'm going to break it down even more to bring more clarity to it so I can help you see what your particular measure is and how you find it. All right. Now watch this. He says, I've given you a measure of my grace so you can manifest me. Now, verse 9 says, now he, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that upsended up far above all heavens that he might feel all things. The actual interpretation there is that he might fulfill all things. Okay. Watch this. Verse 11 is key. And he gave some or he transferred some. Who is he transferring this to? He's tra We learn in verse 7, he's transferring this to every one of us, to every one of this, us. So pay attention to this. Ephesians 4, I know we've heard it taught this way, but I'm here to tell you it's not true. <laughs> Ephesians 4 are not fivefold offices. These are not offices. Nowhere in these, ver I just read to you verses 7 through 11. Not one time did we see the word office. Not one time did we see the word set. Not one time did we see the word appointment. Not one time did we see the word ordain. Because what Paul is talking about in these verses are not offices. He's not talking about appointments. He's not talking about ordinations. Paul talks about appointments and offices over in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. That's why you see a completely different list. 
Go if you have time. I don't have time to take you there, but you can have, take time this week. Go over to First Corinthians chapter twelve, and you're going to look at a list of offices. You're going to find their apostles, prophets, teachers. Teachers are listed third in that list, and they're listed as number five in this list because it's two totally different lists. One list has to do with offices, governmental offices, but this list has to do with graces. These are grace transfers. Every member in the body of Christ, pay attention to me, every member in the body of Christ has been given access to one or more of these graces, but everybody in the body of Christ has not been called to the office, all right? For instance, everybody in the church has not been called to either be an apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, or an evangelist. That is absolutely not the truth, and I'm not teaching that. That is... That is just absurd. That's not what the Bible teaches. But what the Bible does teach and what we are seeing in Ephesians chapter 4 is that Jesus has given a measure of that grace to every member in the body of Christ. So you may not be an apostle, but you may be an apostolic something. You may be an apostolic doctor. You're just not an apostle. You may not be a prophet, but you may be a prophetic teacher in, in the school system or a prophetic counselor. Or to, to do prophetic uh, therapy, you, that may be you call them, but you may not be a prophet. You may not be an evangelist, but you may be an evangelistic contractor. You may not be a pastor, but you may be a pastoral professor in a college. You may not be a teacher in the kingdom of God, but you may be a teaching graphic designer. You see, these graces, everybody in the body of Christ has access to these graces, but not everybody in the body of Christ are going to stand in these offices. What is the difference? The offices have to do with government. The graces has to do with civilian life. They're civil. It's civil matters. They're not governmental. There's no governmental authority attached to them, but they are graces for your life. So listen to me, everybody, every believer that is listening to me today, I am turning the light on for you about how to find your calling is that you've got to pay attention to the transfer. Jesus Christ has transferred a measure of his gift and his graces to you. He's transferred a grace to you. And every believer that's listening to me, every believer that is a member of the body of Christ, you have been transferred one of the five graces or maybe more than one. But you need to pay attention to your life. Pay attention. Slow down this week and pay attention to what is showing up in your life. Because everybody has either access to the apostolic grace, the prophetic grace, the evangelistic grace, the pastoral grace, or the teaching grace. But at least one of those graces are evident in your life. And God wants you to use that grace to showcase him on the earth. So that when when Jesus walked the earth, he was he demonstrated all five of these graces. He walked in all five of these. So when people encountered him, they encountered the fullness of those graces. Now when they encounter you, they're going to encounter a measure of that grace. And it's going to be demonstrated through one of these five. Now, I hope I've explained that well. Now, in volume four of my <laughs> Ephesians uh, books come out, I'm going to walk through this through much greater detail and show some other insights to you. So, uh, again, that's why you need to get volume one that is available now for pre-order because there are extra things in there that you want uh, to be a part of and not miss. But watch this. I'm going to give you these five uh, graces. Uh, and then I'm going to let you go for this week because everybody, you're going to find your calling in, in at least one of the five. 
but they're graces. So I'm not saying, again, hear me, I'm not saying that everybody in the body of Christ stands in one of the fivefold offices because Ephesians chapter four is not about offices. They are not about offices. Paul, Paul did not preach like a lot of our preachers preach today. He didn't start talking about one thing and then totally change the subject in the middle of his sermon about something else. Paul is talking about unity in the body. <laughs> He's talking about the, the power of the gospel in creating a new race of people and a new nation. And while he's talking about that, he's saying, hey, I know we're one body and and we're unified, but now I want to show you all how we work together to showcase Christ. Is that all of the members of the body of Christ have been given access to these graces. And you need to find out what has been transferred to you. Find out what has been transferred to you and then attach that to whatever, whatever your vocation is. And you're going to find that you're going to start living the best life that God has available for you. Cause you cannot live your best life outside of your calling. <laughs> you can't do it. All right. So let's look at these graces and watch this. And he gave some or he transferred to some apostles, not the office of the apostle. But the graces of an apostle. So we're talking about, when you're talking about the graces of, of an, of an apostle, you're talking about the apostolic. Now, what is an apostle? An apostle is simply this. An apostle is a commissioner. We talked about this before. An apostle is a delegate. An apostle is an ambassador. An apostle is a representative for God. Watch this, to transact business on the behalf of that God. Now, to break it down even more, apostle is not a religious term. It's not a Christian term. What an apostle was, is uh, was a naval commander, was a naval commander. So apostles dealt with water. Pay attention. Apostles dealt with water. They were naval commanders. And what would happen is, once uh, two countries would go to war, once one country won, they would send apostles or naval commanders across the waters to the land that they just conquered. And the job of that apostle was to retrieve what has now been uh, under the rulership of the new nation and the new government. The apostle's job was to return back to the God or the king who just won the land. So the apostles were meant to be confrontational because they were going to say, hey, this no longer belongs to you. It belongs to the God who won you. It belongs to the king who now owns you. It belongs to the government. I'm here now on behalf of the government that has taken control of you. That was the job of the apostle. They were to get on boats, go to lands that have been conquered by other kings and return that that land to the king. Return those spoils to the king. Bring it back. All right. That was an apostle. So to have an apostolic grace, your job, you're going to be very confrontational because you're always going to be bringing people back to new ownership. You're returning people. You're returning people. You're returning territories. You're returning time. You are returning errors to the its rightful king. All right. So you're going to be in opposite. So why are you building? We say, well, apostles are builders. Yes, but they're building because they're, they're the whole purpose of their building is to return to its rightful king, return to its owner, return to its new government. All right. So they're builders. They're master builders. They're gatherers. They they know how they're they're visionaries. You know, they are future focused people. Right. That is the apostle and the apostolic. Now, again, I don't have time to give you a whole uh, dissertation on the apostle. Uh, so we, we're going to 
deal with that later. And it's also going to be in an upcoming book. So you want to be on the lookout for that. So if that grace is showing up in your life, pay attention to that. You may be a doctor, but you may be an apostolic one. So that means you want to pay attention to building and returning medicine to its rightful owner. Medicine belongs to God. God was the first one to to provide medicine. I'll let you find that in the scriptures on your own. But go go to the Old Testament. You see medicine show up in the Old Testament. God was the first one to do it. So return medicine to its rightful owner. Be an apostolic doctor. Be an apostolic lawyer. The law was built, especially our law in America, was built on the commandments, was on Moses' law. Return the law back to its rightful owner. (laughs) That's apostolic. That's building. That's being future focused. That's returning uh, whatever you are called to, to its owner, to its rightful owner, to its new government. All right. Grace number two. He said, and I transferred to some prophets. Not the office. We're not talking about offices. We're talking about graces. So watch this. The prophets are called to be spokespersons. When you deal with offices, they are governmental officials. They speak for God. Watch this. And their job is to interpret, to declare, and to expound on the will of God. To declare, interpret, and expound on the will of God. To declare, interpret, and expound on the will of God. Now, when you're talking about the office, not only do they have the ability to declare, interpret, and expound, but they have the power to put God's will in motion. So not only will they declare the will of God and interpret the will of God and expound on the will of God, but they have been given official capacity to push and to move the will of God in action. So Moses, I'm not just going to say, let my people go. I'm good because you are a prophet. I'm going to give you the ability to enforce what you just said that comes with the mantle of the prophet's office. But when you have a prophetic grace, then you're going to be one who simply interprets, expounds, and declares the will of God. Everything about you is about the will of God. You want the will of God to be known. You want the will of God to be understood. You want people to understand the will of God and move in the will of God. Know the will of God. It's all about the will of God. They are a walking uh, portal to the will of God. So when you're prophetic, you can be a prophetic counselor. So as you're counseling people, as you are walking them through therapy, your job is to help them see the will of God, help them, help them understand the will of God, help them understand the path of God's will. That's what you are. Now, when you don't stand in the office, you don't have the power to put that into motion, but you have the power to declare it, to interpret it and to expound upon it. That's a prophetic grace on your life. All right. That's not the spirit of prophecy. That's not the, uh, the gift that all of all, see, there's various degrees of that. What we're talking about is the grace. You have a prophetic grace on your life. And, and those three things show up to declare, interpret, and expound. Number three, some are called to be evangelists or have that evangelistic grace. You know what their job is? They're simply proclaimers of the gospel. Proclaimers of the gospel. When you are an evangelist, when you uh, stand in that, I mean, in in a governmental position or an official position, uh, then it it comes with more uh, uh, authority to it. But when you're talking about the graces, you just have an evangelistic grace on your life. Everything about you is proclaiming the gospel. And watch this. An evangelistic person is going to be a person that flows in miracle signs and wonders. Because it's not evangelism if there are no signs confirming. Jesus said, go proclaim my gospel and I will confirm it with signs. I will confirm it with signs. So watch this. The gospel has not been preached until it's been confirmed. <laughs> but that's for free. But watch this. So the, and when you're evangelistic, everything about you proclaims the gospel. 
everything. I mean, you are just a walking billboard for the gospel of God, for the love of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God, the good news of the kingdom. You are, you are an announcer that that grace is on your life. Number four is pastors. Pastors. Watch this. So the, the pastoral grace is that they want to feed the sheep. They want to protect the sheep. They want to manage the sheep. They want to feed, protect, and manage. So to say pastors are passive is just not true because they have to protect. So they have to be people of war. They have to feed. They care about the sheep. When Jesus over in the gospel, there was a many a time when Jesus moved and, and whole healing moves and, and did miracles and signs and wonders. And it wasn't evangelistic. It was pastoral because the Bible says he looked at the people and they looked like sheep without a shepherd. So as a shepherd, he began to flow in miracles. As a shepherd, he began to heal them because shepherds and pastors care about feeding, protecting, and managing the flock. They are people, people. (laughs) They just love people, love people. And they care about the growth, the protection, the nutrition, and the well-being of the people. That's a grace. And then number five is the teaching grace. Is that the teaching grace is their job is they are supposed to be scholars of the scriptures. Scholars of the scriptures for the purpose of imparting skill and knowledge. See, people who just impart knowledge, that's not, <laughs> you, you're just uh, regurgitating what you heard. But to have the teaching grace and to move as a teacher, you've got to impart knowledge and you've got to impart skill necessary to function in this new kingdom, in this new nation, in this new culture, in this new environment. So watch this. Every member, as I conclude, every member in the body of Christ has been given access to one or more of these five graces. If you want to know what your calling is, slow down this week. Pay attention to what naturally shows up in your life. Go back and listen to this again so you can get a firm handle on it. But slow down this week and pay attention to the grace that has been transferred to you and shows up in your life. And you're going to get greater clarity about how do I give God a return on his investment in my life? How do I move in my calling? How do I find my purpose in my destiny? I just showed you how. You're going to find it here. You're going to find it here. You're going to find it here. And when you find it, go after it. Be faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ. Be faithful to give him a return on his investment. Be faithful to what he has transferred to you. Well, guys, I am out of time. Uh, I, I hope this blessed you. I hope this encouraged you. And I hope it has opened your eyes to begin to pay attention this week. Pay attention to it. Because a lot of times a lack of clarity or a lack of knowledge is the result of a lack of focus. You just got to slow down and focus. Pay attention. What naturally shows up in your life? Which one of these graces naturally show up? And then you're going to begin to gain clarity on your purpose, your calling, and your destiny. So don't forget to listen. Go back. Listen to this again. Go back and share this with uh, your friends and uh, followers on your network. And let's, uh, let us all begin to have our eyes open to the graces that have been given to us so that we can walk in purpose and walk in destiny. Don't forget to like this. Please share with me your comments and your reviews of what you think about today's podcast. Let 
let me know if it blessed you. If it didn't bless you at all, how it has opened your eyes. You got questions. Let me know. I want to help us all move into purpose and destiny and in our calling. So don't forget to do that for me. Don't forget to visit my website, rickywatsonjr.com. You want to pre-order your copy of volume one of my exposition of Ephesians called Unsearchable. We are going to take a journey through the unsearchable riches of Christ. It has the power to radically change and transform your life. You do not want to miss it. Well, guys, again, I'm out of time. Thank you guys for joining me, and I'll see all of you same time, same place next week. God bless. Mm -hmm.